0: Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in our review of Stanley's War. It's September of 1945, and our hero, the Silver King, is... Traveling by ship on his second Atlantic crossing as he returns home from his war. And what awaits the Silver King upon his arrival in New York Harbor will be a revealing and not unexpected piece of news about life in the Air Corps in the late august of 1945 while stanley and his guys were waiting word on when they would ship home the war department was preparing documents regarding what would come next in the world of service to the nation and on the 24th of August in 1945, from Washington, D.C., the War Department issued a memorandum for all officers under the title of Organized Reserve Corps, specifically from the White House and dated August 20th, 1945, to all servicemen. Our country which you have served so well, needs your continued patriotic support in the organized Reserve Corps. When you leave the service, I am personally interested that, as an enlisted man, you enlist in the Reserves, or that, as an officer, you accept a new commission in the Officer's Reserve Corps. In doing so, you will contribute to the future security of our country immeasurably. Signed, Harry Truman, Colonel, Field Artillery Reserve. Below the President's signature was a letter from the Chief of Staff from Washington on the 23rd of August in 1945. To all members of the Army, to better guarantee the permanence of this peace, I am convinced that it is necessary to build up a strong citizen army the world must recognize that we are at all times prepared to defend the peace. Furthermore, we owe it to our country and to the comrades who have made the great sacrifice to ensure that never again will Americans be drawn into a war unprepared. Therefore, I earnestly hope that you will give careful consideration to the importance of enrolling in one of the civilian components of the Army When you are relieved from active duty, that there may be a solid foundation of veterans for the necessary regeneration of the citizen forces. Faithfully yours, George C. Marshall, Chief of Staff. Beneath Marshall's signature is an explanation of the expectations of service, and it begins under the heading, You Are Still Needed. With the defeat of the Axis powers, the United States has emerged as a great military force which enables it to play a powerful part in establishing the foundations for a permanent world order to ensure peace. But, as we found out after the last war, no provisions to ensure peace are long effective unless there exists the means for enforcing them quickly and decisively. These means are evident in the combat and other invaluable military skills of discharged veterans. That is why your services as a trained and experienced officer are needed so urgently in the post war officers' reserve corps. The existence of a strong, organized reserve corps will, of itself, tend to prevent the need for its use. The second heading is titled, The Regular Army Cannot Do It Alone. The American people are traditionally opposed to a large standing army in peacetime, as not in keeping with its political institutions. Even if this were not so, the United States could not afford the financial cost of maintaining several million professional soldiers for duties which could be performed effectively and in time by Reserve Officers and Reservists. Heading three is called Organized Reserve Corps. The Organized Reserve Corps is one of the three components of the Army of the United States. It consists of the Officers Reserve Corps and the Enlisted Reserve Corps and is composed of qualified citizen officers and enlisted personnel who voluntarily elect to serve their country in a military status during peacetime as well as war. It is contemplated that reserve units will be effectively organized and trained in time of peace for prompt employment in time of war. The memorandum continues with this heading, Advantages of Joining the Officers Reserve Corps. You will have a military status and definite place in the post-war army of the United States. As an officer, you will receive an initial five-year appointment in the Officer's Reserve Corps in the highest grade held at the time of relief from active duty. You will have full opportunity with your consent to acquire additional practical experience through temporary active service and to receive promotion by successive steps to any rank for which you can definitely qualify. Specific facilities will be provided to afford the means by which you can qualify for advancement. You will have opportunities to accept tours of active duty with full pay and allowances. In the event of future active duty or of another emergency, you will ensure your continuity of commissioned service for longevity pay as well as for any authorized retirement benefits you will be able to maintain and enjoy the comradeship of your fellow officers of this war. You may exert an active influence on the future military policy of the United States through membership in the Reserve Officers Association of the United States. This voluntary association of reserve officers has been in existence since 1922 and was largely responsible for the availability of more than 100,000 reserve officers at the beginning of World War II. Most important, you will have the satisfaction of continuous service to your country in peace as well as in war. The next heading is why you should enroll now. The Officer's Reserve Corps needs the skill and military know-how that you possess. Without your support and that of thousands of veterans who will originally constitute the officer's reserve, it would take years to build a dependable reserve. The United States cannot afford to risk its security again by improvising armies after an emergency. Neither can it continue to speak with authority in world affairs unless it maintains the means for backing up that authority. What are the obligations? As an officer, you will be expected to meet the minimum training requirements, which will not be burdensome. It is assumed that Congress will provide the means for active duty training on a broader basis than in pre-war days, thus affording you a wider selection in the type of duty you may elect and in the length of time you may wish to serve. Your patriotic obligation to serve in time of a national emergency will find you adequately prepared. Who are eligible? All male officers who meet the requirements of the final type physical examination given during their normal processing at the separation centers for either general or limited military service and who are separated from active duty under honorable circumstances. The final heading, When and Where to Join. When you are being relieved from active duty at a separation center or other installation, you will have the opportunity to volunteer for further service to your country by accepting a commission in the Organized Reserve Corps. Those who have already been separated may be commissioned by writing to the Adjutant General. The importance of your decision and the effect it will have on the national security cannot be too strongly emphasized. Signed, J.C. Smith, Brigadier General, G.S.C., Executive for Reserve and ROTC Affairs, War Department Special Staff. As our hero, the Silver King, cruises into New York Harbor for his return home, This memorandum for all officers will greet him upon his arrival at Fort McPherson, Georgia, for his separation from the Army of the United States and its Air Corps. And as our hero, the Silver King, reaches one of his favorite American cities, New York, We have reached the end of this episode of our review of Stanley's War. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.